welcome back to the Lightning Puck Drop Podcast. We got one more game to go. <laughs> um, now, welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast, and we've got four games to go. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, you know, we're recording the day after the game. I think we needed a bit of time to you know emotionally decompress from that game. I think you know I can speak for most Habs fans. That was probably the, the toughest loss of this playoffs. Uh, yeah. You know, this definitely took the cake of that you know third uh, third Toronto win in, in the first series where we went down three one because uh, at least with that we had the you know a knowledge that we could actually win a game. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, we just we had the 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 fire under us. I think that in this series the first thing that stands out, and I think it's been the the go to word so far for me, but it's just been laziness. I haven't seen any any drive, any fight. Yeah. There's no jump to our step. It's just very, very, uh, it looks like we're, you know, our guys are gassed, which like, it doesn't, it doesn't make much sense because when you make it, you know, this far in the playoffs, everyone's bruised up, everyone's fatigued, but you know, when you make it to the Stanley Cup finals, you're supposed to get that, you know, that EpiPen to the leg of adrenaline and you're, you're ready to wrap it up. But, you know, specifically, I'm going to call it out, you know, I, you know, we're big fans of the Habs tonight podcast with Dale Lease and stuff like that and I, I, I know they, they have a bit of a different you know view on how they uh, you know talk about these games because you know Dale obviously being a former NHLer and he's got connections with the Habs he's got you know a ton of you know personal connections with these guys so he doesn't want to call them out by name pull but their punches though yeah but our our top four defense have it, honestly I'm gonna be bold here and say basically single-handedly lost us well, every yeah game. they shit the yeah. bed completely it, it's because look game one game one terrible offense okay but again it roots at the at the the breakout from defenseman but that being said I'll say game one not great offense game two great offense not the same type of scoring chances as Tampa Bay but we had like a ton of shots yeah, almost okay? 50 almost 50 okay then game three a lot of the same things like our, our scoring quality chances are not even remotely close to Tampa Bay's but at least we're getting pucks on net mm-hmm. but it seems every game now there's a stupid defensive play that basically puts uh, our goaltending in a very precarious situation and whenever we get the ball rolling where whether it's you know, going up 2-1, going into the second, um, you know, something seems to happen defensively that just completely takes all the wind out of our sails, and we just downward spiral from there. Well, that that's the thing, right, is, like, I'm going to just work backwards on this one. The open the open net goal on, uh, on uh, the last one there, um, Cole Caulfield's got the puck in the middle of the ice, and he's turning towards Jeff Petrie. Jeff Petrie... Is, is doing that thing that like kids who are like seven and under do where they stand right next to you and tap their stick. Yeah. You gotta move. It ends up Caulfield bumps into Petrie, the puck goes to the middle of the ice, and he lazily just reaches for it and they, they you know they just tap a nets it and it's over. It's just one of those things of like that's that's just a microcosm of just the laziness and the like you just wanna it's you don't wanna move your feet anymore. Yeah. That's the first part of it. If we're, we're and if we keep going backwards, you know, I'm thinking of like early in the first period, the headman goal. Where he got the puck and was able to take like six strides coming down the middle of the ice. Yeah, you know what? Lekkonen should have picked him up. But the idea is like, Sherratt was in the corner. Weber was clearing someone. But like, it, it's just, there's yeah. no more net clear presence. There's no more breaking out like you said. I don't know what happened. But like, all four of the defensemen just stopped playing. Yeah, the special teams is a whole other thing, okay? Because... Philip Deneau and Arturi Lekkinen, like, they know how to defend, right? They're, they're, they're elite def- the offensive uh, defenders in the, in, in the NHL. But 
the problem is though is that they have to listen to special teams um you know uh strategy mm-hmm. and for some reason we think that it's just you know it, it's meant to be that we have this static power penalty kill against this this power play and it's just you it's know, brutal it's brutal it, it's terrible but what ends up happening is you know, you look at game one and you see them cycling the puck between Stamkos and Kucherov. Lekanen and Dano have to take away that that pass, um, which allows Hedman to just come skate right down the middle. And, and what ends up happening is, um, well, not that's what ends up happening is they end up scoring. But yeah. the point is, is that I don't see why we're not adapting to this high-pressure penalty kill because it worked so well. That was the only penalty kill we've had so far where they got zero shots. Yeah, and it, it just I, I like I refuse to go over it again about the static versus dynamic penalty kill. Like I refuse to talk about the but Will Jr. Like, like, I'm not doing it anymore. I just it's don't so know obvious. what they, they, they're thinking though. I Nothing. Mean, like, they're it's not just, the the only time well one like we said last time, I can never see a static penalty kill being good. But the only time it actually comes close to a dynamic penalty kill is if you don't have five threats on the ice. Like if you have two threats on the ice where it's something like Columbus or something like that and not even Columbus. Like see, it never works. It's just, you know, I I was just thinking of Line A for example. But like it doesn't even work with guys like that because if if you have three or four it already doesn't work. But if you have like one guy on the ice that can really, really clap at home. So Montreal. Montreal basically. Then it it can work but again, it's still subpar. Like you want to pressure the puck carrier. Make us screw up. Like Tampa Bay. Yeah. Tampa Bay does it. It well, works it. all the time. Every single time. And again, I I, I, I just, I'm actively refusing to yeah, talk I don't about the penalty talk about kill it. again. I, I won't do it. I've given my opinion on it. I've given as much imagery as I can yeah. on this. And it's I, like, yeah, it we've had, we, we had the best penalty kill this, this postseason. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I refuse to give credit to the penalty kill strategy for that. I think that's more to do with how Carey Price has played in the postseason. Yeah. Like I, because I, I, it's the same pen, penalty kill that was in the regular season, and the regular season wasn't great. No, it was, like, it was a little bit we above like, average. A little bit above average, but like nothing like this. So I think no. it's more just playoff Price playing, and you know that's kind of inflating the special teams coach ego a little bit. But yeah, yeah let's move on from that. I. Let's go back to the D. Yeah, I want to. I was gonna say let's let's do this the other way around this time. Let's work from the net out. So Carey Price has been a little bit off his game. Yeah. He hasn't been as lights out. There's been one or two goals that he probably would have won. I mean, the Headman one, like we said, there was no screen. It hit him and it went in. However, they gave Headman the middle of the ice to yeah. skate up. So I'm gonna give him half credit on that. Um, there was another one. I forget who scored, but just. It just just trickled past Carey Price yeah. as well. But one thing I have been noticing is the rebounds. He's been he has been swallowing up pucks like we're used. To. There's been a lot of second chance goals. Yeah. That's the only criticism I that's, have. Of them. Yeah, and that's something I've noticed too. I think that's more a function of like we haven't faced a team that shoots like this. Like I don't mm-hmm. think there's a. I was watching Samsonov with uh, with uh, Varlamov. Sorry, with uh, the Islanders and. Um, you know, it was a very similar thing. Like, uh, they're always highlighting his rebounds, and I think they just have such strong shooters mm-hmm. that it, it just, it, it's it's harder to swallow them. The only thing, because we saw, we saw a lot of rebounds to Toronto. I, I think it's more like a function of the, of the velocity of the shots. But the thing with, with prices, though, is that if you look at the amount of weak goals he's let in, uh, Vasilevsky's probably let in a goal, or, goal more. 
Yeah, no, completely agree. And what, I, what I was going to say, build off the carry price thing, I was going to segue into the defense is, um, I don't care how many pucks you, you know, in terms of rebounds you give up, if the defensemen clear the front of the net, they can clear the puck. Mm-hmm. Tyler Johnson, I actually have to look this up because I'm, I'm curious. Like, I refuse to believe yeah. that he's this high. According to the score app, he's five foot eight, one eighty three. He barreled past our defense to get rebounds on yeah. multiple occasions. That is not someone who should be driving the net. Like, yeah. how do you let him in? I know. It happened more than once. Did he scored more than one goal last night, no? I, th- I think uh, so. Yeah, he had yeah. two, and they no, were my, both right in front of the net. Yeah, my only point with Price with that comparison yeah. was that um, I don't want it even to be remotely the case that, like, we're losing these games. Oh, absolutely not. I said if I had like, to give him one criticism, yeah, it would be no, a rebound he's, he's not but, as hot as he was. But the, no. the thing is, though, is that, like, it, it's kind of like the early Toronto games where it's like he was... I mean, he was playing pretty good in Toronto. But, like, the the point is, is that early in Toronto games, there's a lot of the same thing. But the problem is, though, is that even if he was lights out, like, we wouldn't be winning these games. I completely like, and agree. That's the thing. And you look at Vasilevsky and the goals that are getting by him when we do have good chances, like, are very weak goals. Well, like, yeah. They're not very strong goals. Like, he almost he almost stepped on the puck yesterday and threw it in his own net. Like, yeah. the guy is nervous, okay? It's just, we can't seem to get in the slot. Like, they're in the slot every shift. It's crazy. Well, that's, that's what I was going to get to, is that any criticism of Carey Price, and that was kind of like the segue I was going, is that it's really a criticism of the defense. This, there's this weird thing that I don't know where it came from, but we... Just do not clear the net. Like yeah. nobody's getting cleared. They're having. They're scared of power plays. I guarantee it. And and with with two like look two of the goals on Price, the defense basically put it in the net. Okay. Yeah. So Sherratt literally punched one in the net, and then Edmondson basically put it in the net. I mean, yeah. Like he he gave it to the guy, put it three inches great from pass. the net. Yeah. yeah. Great pass. Three inches from the net. So that's already two goals against. And then, you know, the the thing with. With, with their with Tampa Bay's scoring chances, which I, I I cannot believe that we haven't. Last night was worse than Game Two and One yeah. in terms of slot chances. Okay, like maybe not as bad as Game One, but not corrected. Okay, no. every single one of their shots that are below the ringette line come from a point where basically the Lightning player can smell Price's breath. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's terrible. No, it's it's there's it's no t- the puck goes so fast. Okay, from the point. Okay, that it's hard to react to. If a guy's three feet away from you, you cannot react to the puck. No. It's impossible. No. Um, I, I think a really important part of this that we also have to highlight is the fact that um, our defense are not playing a physical brand of hockey right now. We're seeing a lot of stick work. And this is a team that, like, if anything, physicality was going to win. Because I think Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, Tyler Johnson... Um, I'm trying to think of who else forwards that are well, just now that, all under six foot, all under one. Yeah, well, now that Kalorn's out of the top six, I mean, like one of their bigger top six forwards is Steven Stamkos. I mean, like, yeah. come on. I have, I'm gonna look. How big is Palat? I'm gonna look at that now. Actually, I think like he's, I, I, he's he's probably around Stamkos. He's size. six foot and he's 188 pounds. Okay, so a little bit less than Stamkos. Yeah. Stamkos so, is probably 205. Yeah. Well, well, just I just talk about the defense. Oh, I'm just yeah. gonna look. I'm gonna try and find yeah, the biggest so, forward other than Maroon. Top four defense. I'm gonna save Marilyn Gustafson just for the end because like they're even as bad as Gustafson's playing, Merrill's playing fine in my opinion. As bad as Gustafson's playing, he doesn't play enough to actually warrant criticism right now, in my opinion. Like the top four is so bad that we we need to dispel this first. Okay, so first off, let's start with 
my biggest offender so far, Jeff Petrie. I don't know what's gotten into this guy, but it's turned from the beginning of the playoffs with no offensive production, but at least he's decent defensively, to now there's no offensive production and he's bad defensively. Like, I, I, there's literally no upside this guy on the ice right no, now. No, there's nothing right now. And he's slow. And, and he's kind of slow. Like, I understand his fingers are broken. Like, I, like I get it. But are his toes? Like, but move your feet. The point is, though, is that you have to make up your game in another way. Like, it, it, we can't have this. And then let's move on to his partner, Edmondson, who's, like, almost got the same amount of criticism for me this, for, for this series. Okay, not the entire playoffs have been fantastic. But yeah. as soon just as thing, step- Sorry, I just, I just want to jump up a thing. Criticizing them for how they're playing against Tampa does not negate how no, we got so here. No, so that's why I want to make it clear. People need to understand, yeah. like, like this is the series that we're in right now. What, like, we don't get points for the Winnipeg no, series. So that's why, like, I wanted to spell the fact that I'm not criticizing Edmondson for previous series. Like, we're here now, so I want to talk about now. He has not been good in Tampa at all. Terrible. Yeah. He turns the puck over a ton. His passing out of the zone is just horrendous. Um, globally on our team, it takes us, you know, we're keeping a tally, like almost on paper yesterday, of how many passes it takes for us to exit the The, the record the, last the last game was five. Five And passes. we had five attempts. My favorite was five attempts to get out of our yeah. zone. That's fair. And, you know, it, it certain lines do it far worse. Like the Suzuki to Foley Caulfield line, like if they don't get it, if they don't make a line change, for that line to come on when we're past the neutral zone, like if it's not like a Gallagher dumps it in and then they change yeah. the Suzuki line, that Caulfield Suzuki to Foley line is not getting out of our zone. No, like they, they'll stick in our zone for the entire shift. They'll gas them out, and um, then what'll happen is like what happened yesterday, where Caulfield gets the puck for some reason decides to skate it up directly through the slot of our zone. Yeah. And then they get a good line change off. Kucherov strips him, strips it off of them. Like it, it was like a peewee hockey player and scores. And like, that's what ends up happening. And, um, you know, th- this was reminiscent of, of the first Vegas game where like, we just could not break out. And, and we seemed obviously figured it out with that team, but Jesus Christ, like going back to the defenseman now. So Edmondson terrible again, Weber, has been the best of the top four, in my opinion. He's he's been yes, decent I agree defensively. With I agree with that. But his physicality's completely dropped off. Like there's no physicality, basically. Um, and the physicality we are getting from the defensemen are like physicality points that I'm not fond of, of garnering. Like I, I I don't like when Joel Edmondson just throws punches at guys. Like yeah, it's, you know, it's like not, it's not it's a not classy useful. thing to do, and it, it looks useful. bad on us. Like when Yanni Gord's in front of the net, you know maybe slightly taps Price's pad after the whistle. Like, Edmondson, like, don't throw a right hook into yeah, the guy's grab face. It. Like, it, it just doesn't look good on us. And, um, you know, we don't want to stoop to that level and just crush the guy. Like, the fact that Nikita Kutrov, like, literally has not gotten hit yet is just, it, it still blows me away. And if we don't see him get hit next game, I'm going to put that in our, probably our, one of our top five reasons why we would have lost the series. Yeah. Um, Sherratt, again, like, the guy's all of a sudden playing the puck now. He's not playing the man. Like he, yeah. it's like he's like a different, different player. Uh, you know, punching the puck in the net, whatever. That's one play. Obviously, he didn't need to do it, and it's a, it's a mistake. It's in my opinion, that play was not as bad as the Edmondson one. Yeah. The Edmondson one was clearly more conscious. A lot of these guys with their reflexes and they're they're so athletic. Like he he probably tried to go and grab the puck. Yeah. Like he probably tried to grab the puck and throw it behind him or something like that, but ended up obviously punching in the net. 
Um, so yeah, that's my that's my my take on the four D. So in order of worst to best, like the top four is Petrie number one, absolute worst. Then it goes to Edmondson, then Sherrod, then Weber. Yeah, and I then, agree with that. Then the bottom two, okay, like Merrill. Whoever's criticizing John Merrill right now, like you just have your eye completely off the the, the bull's eye here. I mean, like this guy yeah. is so low influence on the ice. He made a great play yesterday. Yeah, good block shot. Blocking a shot. Defense partner though. <laughs> other than that, like the guy's not the guy doesn't play the, the game. Like no. he plays like eight minutes a night. Like what do you want? Like he's if we swap him out for Romanov, which I think would probably definitely do us in next game, okay? Because mm-hmm. they're gonna make sure that matchup is is. You know, Kucherov, Romanov, and then what'll end up happening is he'll take a ton of penalties. And if you think Gustafsson's making mistakes right now, wait till you get the rookie on the ice. Yeah. Um, against a team that he hasn't played yet, uh, he hasn't. He, think about it. Romanov's never, never played, played Kucherov. Like it, it's it's just a bad idea. But Gustafsson, I think, should be replaced with Kulak next game. Like he made a, a, a bunch of mistakes that, in my mind, weren't. Even skill mistakes, like they were hustle mistakes. Yeah. Like he just doesn't want to play. Well, the, the second Johnson goal and the first Tyler yeah. Johnson goal are both no of him. It's you're just standing there watching the play as the guy skates yeah. by you. And just to, just to this this you know we're talking about physicality. Um, so I have all of the forwards that played last night, and I just I'm gonna read off. Basically, I have, I have a few stars next to them. Uh, one, two, three, four, five out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. They had thirteen forwards. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. No, five out of twelve. Sorry, I just there. Um, Tyler Johnson, five foot eight, one eighty three. Nikita Kucherov, five eleven, one seventy eight. Blake Coleman, five eleven, two hundred. Yanni Gord, five nine, one seventy two. And Braden Point, Yanni five. Gord's one seventy. Yep. Oh, wow. According to the score, he could probably be a. He's probably. I am assuming their estimates are. That makes perfect. the one. That makes the punching worse. Yeah, right? and uh, Braden Point five ten one sixty six. Like I'm assuming these have not been updated, but even so, I that's believe the almost that's almost half their forwards are under six foot and under two hundred pounds. They have one, two, three, four forwards who are over two hundred pounds, and it's um, Blake Coleman at two hundred, Pat Maroon at two twenty five. Um, Ross Colton at 202. There's no way Pat Maroon's 220. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I said, that was actually the reason why I said it's right. But and uh, Barkley Goodrow at 215. Yeah. Those are those are the, the four forwards over 200 pounds. How you are not playing a physical brand of hockey against these Oompa Loompa like <laughs> they're terrified nothings. of power plays. That's it's, a, it's, the it's, thing you is, you don't though, have to take a penalty yeah. to throw a, bo- a like a oh, hip yeah. check that's, or that's just the paradox in it. And, it's and, and what makes it worse too, though, is if. We played our penalty kill like we did on that dynamic one where Lekkonen was just chasing them down like a hound and Dano was as well. And then you, know, you swap it out and Army is playing the body. Like we'd be completely fine. And I'd rather bruise them up. Uh, you know, earlier in this series, you, you wouldn't have caught me saying that. But, you know, clearly something's not working here. And I think trepidation and in, in, in worrying about getting a, a penalty is just killing us. Like it's, it's just killing us. But we're like, okay, throwing punches in front of the net. That's what I don't understand. Um, I just I never thought Tampa would be out bruising us. Like, I, I know didn't believe it. But it's just are. one of those things that like it, it, again it has nothing to do with the actual size of the player. It's the the will. And you know where there was one moment where I actually like almost felt like oh we're fucked was when they said they they interviewed Tyler Johnson after game two after they won five to one. He said or three to one. He said we need to be better. Yeah. So well, they just won three to one. 
that's what we were talking about with like every actually successful or in athletics like a champion's yeah. mindset is that there's always room for improvement yeah. and they self-criticize and I just I don't see that happening right now with us because defensively I mean like it's it's insanity and it you would have to you'd be questioning our intelligence if you if you told us that they're actually actively trying to change something because the defense has been the exact same from games one to three. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Here's here's like you can tell me if you if you agree with this. This would be my game plan going into game four, where it's a must win. One, if you do not make a hit on the shift, you are sitting a shift right away. Mm-hmm. If you're like I don't care who it is. It, whoever's not willing to go out there and hit somebody not playing for one shift. I don't. It could be Shea Weber. It could be uh, Archery Lekin, which, again, they both will hit someone, but you know what I mean. It doesn't matter where in the lineup. Um, that's the first thing. The second part of it is that if you do not go to the front of the net as a forward, you're not... You're, you're setting a shift. Like, you have to start punishing guys for bad, just, like, willpower. You know, I want to see every single whistle, two guys in front of Vasilevsky digging at the puck. And in our zone... Every single time someone touches the puck, they get hit. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. And you know what? If you get pulled out of the play for one second because you're pushing someone like a Jan Ruda out of the zone, you know what? Jan Ruda put the puck in the net for in the first minute of the game because no one touched him. Yeah. It's like, we, you, like you just you need to be physical with them. You need to be engaged. And I promise that they will not score at that elite level like that if every single time they're carrying it in. Because you know what? Like I said, if, for example... Um, Tyler Johnson at 5'8 and 183 comes down the the middle of the ice after the whistle like he's going towards the net and Sherrod steps up on him. Yeah. He's not going to do it the next shift. I promise he's well, going to go around. You know, this is something I've noticed with our team a few times now, whether it be in the regular season or even like for a few years now. It's like, you know, we we don't we we tend to adapt our game to 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 the point of like we're not a recognizable team and like, you know, I hate to say it, but if, if Ben Sherratt's not playing a physical game, like he basically has zero value on it. Yeah. I mean, like the the guy's got an underrated shot, I find, but like where no one's Factor playing. Weight. No one, no one's playing Ben Sherratt first shot. Okay, like it's just he's on our first pair because he's a physical force and he's good defensively when he plays the body. Like I, you know, he he, he doesn't have a long stick. Okay, yeah. like he and he's just say it again. Not he's a good physical force when he plays the body. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say it again. When he plays the body, for some reason he's playing the puck now against Nikita Kucherov, which yeah. like, just blows me away. Let's go for puck skill battles with these guys. Because and and trust me, you'll lose every single time. With yeah, you have the probably maybe next to Patrick Kane the best hands in the NHL coming down on you, yeah. and like you're you're trying to to poke the puck. Yeah. This is a guy who scores goals without touching the puck. Think of how many times like, he's done that. To, like alone, just a Braden Holby. <laughs> or you know, play the puck or hit the guy who's sixty pounds less than you. Like that's yeah. Not... I'm gonna. I'm actually. I'm gonna look it up with the same app to see uh, it's, like, what it's they have listed here. at. But you know, other than that, let's switch to the offense a little bit just to give the D a breather there. I don't want but, to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but again, like there wasn't huge issues offensively that couldn't be tied back to the D. scored three goals. No, I know. Three should be enough and to, at the very minimum, get you over. And, like, listen, I not that it matters, okay, but we are padding Vasilevsky's stats a little bit here. Like, some of our shots, which, like, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it now, get the puck on net. Doesn't matter, okay? Like, get the puck on net. I don't want to see a game one again where we get, like, 19 shots or whatever it was. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but 
the fact that a lot of these shots are coming from, you know, like down below the goal line in the corner and, um, you know, they're borderline getting through. Like, he's not having a strong series. Like, his stats say otherwise, but you compare the scoring chances between Montreal and Tampa Bay, I mean, like, shot for shot, these are not equal. I mean, you know, we're talking slot shots from Carey Price's kitchen versus, like, Brendan Gallagher throwing it on the ice and hitting the outside post. Yeah. Like, these are not equal shots. And, and uh, yeah, sorry, according to the score app, Ben Sherrod is four inches taller and 47 pounds heavier than Nikita Kucherov. Yeah, so... Yeah, so hit him. him. Yeah. Just hit him, please. But in terms of offense, I think, you know, I yeah. can't even... I can't even think of one line that I think is playing really bad. I mean, I think generally throughout the playoffs, and it's holding true, I think that third line is probably yeah, our weakest. Miami, Anderson, Byron. And unfortunately, like, it is more a function of Josh Anderson. Like, I find him just, like, yeah. he's having a better Tampa series. Like, definitely he's played better in Series 1 at the very beginning and, and the tail end of our playoff run in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, the middle he was Everything in but. Everything in the middle was terrible. He's having a bit of an upward trend right now, but still, like, not a lot of offensive upside, which is, you know, we need it from a guy that we're, you know, paying that much for that long. And um, at least he's forechecking, but again, that line just needs yeah. a spark. And the, the only thing I'll say about that line is they're kind of the afterthought line. Yeah. Because you know Perry Armia stall fourth line locked in. You know Caulfield Suzuki Toffoli locked in. Dano's playing with Gallagher for sure. And then basically what you're left with is Lekkonen, uh, Anderson, Byron, and Kotkaniemi. So they kind of said, okay, Lekkonen, perfect, shut down roll. And it's like, oh, look who's left. Yeah. And it just, I don't know. It's, they, there's so much potential on that line to be explosive and in your face. It's just, I think, like you said, Anderson's a bit of the, like, rate limiter there because... Byron had a great game. Byron I, plays like, well. I noticed Byron on the ice a lot and he had a few good chances and... It's un it's unfortunate that like he's one of the few guys on the ice right now that are hitting because like he's one of our smallest players. He's I the only he guy who's player. smaller than than uh, the yeah. Tampa players. And he finishes every hit, which yeah. is like you know it, it's frustrating. When but see, if everyone plays like that, we'll win the game. Yeah, and Guaranteed. I think Josh Anderson, like you know, the guy's gotta like realize he's not Nick Delorier here. Like yeah. he we we don't we don't pay him you know five and a half mil to you know crunch guys on the boards. It's good that he is, and but like we need him to do both. Like he needs to shoot. Like I don't understand this. Like, you know, talk about metamorphosis in the playoffs. Like all of a sudden, this guy is a guy that needs to toe drag around every single player. I know. I need you to put one hand on the stick, put your body up against the defenseman, and drive the net. Yeah. Okay? Like the fact that we only see that once every two, three games is terrible. And it's frustrating because we know what he's capable of. Yeah. That thing. If we'd never seen it, I'd be less upset. But yeah. he's done it so many times where he is somehow the fastest guy and the biggest guy on the ice all mm -hmm. at once. Takes off, drives the net, and scores. But now all of a sudden he gets to the blue line. He cuts. Uh, yeah. He cuts left. Stops moving his feet. Stops moving his feet. Nuts. Tries to tries to toe drag around. Uh, you know, Brian McDonough. Yeah. Gets it poked away, or honestly, the gets last hit. few games gets leveled yeah. and get falls on his ass. Yeah, like it's not a good look. Because he uses weight, because he stands upright, because he's not skating hard, so he's not bent over in that strong position. His his upper body's straight up, so they just knock him over. And yeah. like, it's well, yeah, the toe drag position isn't exactly the best position to defend from. I mean, no, like, exactly. But yeah. what we need him to do is like I'm, I'm thinking of those games against Ottawa where he just drives the net and keeps one hand on the stick and. Whether or not it goes in, you're rattling the goalie. Well, that's it. Because yeah, you're cutting be across sharp. the crease. 
or you're, you're, you're bordering the crease anyway, and you have no idea where the puck's going because there's snow being launched in your face. Yeah, and, then, and the redirection can happen too. You can put it uh, just at the goal. Yeah, and then you have Someone two, might kick it. Yeah, then you have two gritty players. Like, Byron will keep up with you if not be ahead of you. Yeah. And then Kotkaniemi will drive the net. Yeah, and you, those are two guys yeah. that will be there. And well, that's it. Kotkaniemi, he plays that style where he's good in terms of finding the puck and putting the net. How many times have we seen him bang one in, like, in the scrum? He's good at it. Yeah. It's not like he, you're dealing with someone like, for example, like a Suzuki, who's like, he needs to kind of go fish for it and yeah. pull it out. Like, Cockney, I mean, will just bang at it till it goes in yeah. in that sense. And like, it, it should be an effective line. But essentially, what's... And then just to kind of continue past the forwards for a second, the coaching needs to be addressed here too. Whatever's going on with these, like, we can't figure out what matchup to use. It's like, I, like okay, I don't know how else to put this. Right now, it doesn't matter. You need to play defense on every shift. Like mm-hmm. you don't, you don't need to put out the Dano line specifically with Braden Point. He, he, like realistically speaking, Braden Point has not been hyper effective. Yeah, I haven't noticed him very much. But like, all of the players have to play defense. Yeah, this is the thing. This is the one issue with having like specialty lines. Is like they can have something they're good at, but they have to be able to do the rest of it too. Like you can't have a line. Like, I mean, I'm looking at, like, the Tampa line of Yanni Gord, Barkley Goodrow, and uh, Blake Coleman. That's a energy line. That's a, like, like bunch of two-way forwards. They're not particularly offensive, but they're not particularly defensive. But they just, they hustle and they get shit done. That's how we have to be playing. That's how our team is built. You know, like, for example, Gallagher. Like, not poor defensively, but, like, that's not his game. I mean, how much, we saw Gallagher cut through the middle of the ice and do a drop pass. Just shoot your like that yeah. you shoot from everywhere you shoot in the slot yeah. and drive the net like how, what was the last time we saw him drive the net while the the play was still yeah, going I don't know. just he, talking about the, the matchups real quick like i i agree i i definitely think we we need to use the matchups because like we you know line for line we just will not win the series but similar to the toronto situation and the vegas situation like if we can get the matchup with point and deno which like at home there should be no issue mm-hmm. and like it would for some reason, last night it was just as bad as every other game. But my point is, is that you kind of, kind of, you can kind of reverse it now too. It's like you really cannot have that point line against the Suzuki line. Like yeah. that's the line last night where, when they were on together, like you, you just knew it because they were in our zone for two minutes. Like it was just brutal. Like when you and have it's like the stats mislead you because Braden Point was no points with a minus two last night. Yeah, and like. It just it becomes misleading because like the the possession time is what matters. The fact that the puck went in. Well, no, no, because no, no, yeah, no. But last night we had the matchups though. That's the no, point. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like there, there was moments though where they but the one time, out there the one time they did where it, where Caulfield brought it up the slot, which mm-hmm. was like on any line was just a bad idea. But then they got Kucherov's line out there and they just stripped it and yeah. scored. Like that's an example of what was happening in in game one and two, but. My point is, is that even when we're away, we can still have some say in these matchups. Like, yeah. Philip Deneau should not be on the ice until Braden Point's on the ice. Like, it's just, it's easy. Like, it's, yeah. it's not difficult. You know, you noticed in game two, Philip Deneau went out uh, for the opening lineup, and Yanni Gord was out there. Okay, and they did it correctly. As soon as Deneau won the face-off, went off. Yeah. Okay, do that every line. Okay, like, it, it's worth it, honestly. Because oh, all of a sudden, is. when you start using Philip Deneau against Yanni Gord... Um, you know, that has trickle-down effects where, you know, all of a sudden you have 
Kucherov, you know, skating through Cole Caulfield. And, like, Cole Caulfield's a super talented player, not the greatest defensive player against the one of the best offensive players in the league. Yeah. That's the matchup that, you know, John Cooper wants. Well, of course. And, like, yeah. we're just you want, you want your, you know, Kucherov put up 120-something points we're... less than a year or two years ago. Yeah. And you this want is a like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want the guy who... Like has played in the NHL for more than ten games. Yeah, and, 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 and the thing is, though, is that if Cole Caulfield's defending, okay, he's not scoring. Exactly, and, and that's the thing. It's like Cole Caulfield has a much higher chance of scoring than Arturi Lekkinen does. Yeah. Okay, and Toffoli has a much higher chance of scoring right now than Gallagher does, and Ditto with Suzuki and Deno. So let's not waste those matchups. Like that's the point. It's like it yeah. goes both ways. It's like we have to stop Kucherov, but we also need to score. Uh, I, I <laughs> you know? think what it comes down to is like. The entirety of the game plan needs to switch. We also can't have Suzuki against Sorelli either, apparently. Yeah, so but this is what I was saying. They, there's out. almost no good matchup right now because nobody's playing well. So like, well, we need if we have Suzuki and Kotkaniemi's line in the bottom pairs, then we're, we'll be okay because like that that'll be a much better matchup. If I, I'm much more confident with Kotkaniemi against Sorelli and um, Deno against Point, obviously. And that's not a difficult thing to do with a team like ours because we run four lines. Mm-hmm. You know? Obviously, in practice, I understand on the road it's a little bit more difficult, but it's, it's, it's lazy almost. Like it's, it's like that's the coach's job on the, on the bench. Like the players have their role, the coaches have their role. With a coaching staff the size of ours, like we need to figure it out because Tampa Bay is doing it perfectly. Yeah, and it, it just it's frustrating to watch in terms of like. They're running defensive matchups. Well, that, that's it. They're they're just like we're not doing anything right right now. Clearly, yeah. that's the, the only thing we can say to it. Everyone needs to be but better. The, what, in your opinion, I think we. I mean, I from how much we ranted on right now, the big stones we turn over for next game are defense. Yeah, and and I I would even take it out of like splitting off into defense. I just want to see a physical brand of hockey, not penalties, but just I want to see. Like I said, everyone finish their hits and everyone drive the net and everyone clear the net. Because if, if you guys driving the net and clearing the net on both ends of the ice, it's a completely different hockey mm-hmm. game because there's no slot shots for Tampa and there's no like easy saves realistically for Vasilevsky. Like you said, we're padding this guy's stats. If you get two guys driving the net or just even screening him and driving the net, he's going to let more and more in. Yeah. He's, he's given up a lot of shaky goals. Basically every goal except Dano's. Yeah. yeah. And Den- and again, yeah, exactly. Dano's was a nice shot. I mean, actually, I'll give Perry that. Oh, Perry's. Perry's was a nice shot, but Suzuki twice already yeah. the series has had an ugly one slip through. Sherratt's was like a ping pong, uh, pinball machine. That's all the goals we've scored. Yeah. And again, like, it, it's, a goal is a goal, right? But yeah. like, it, what I'm, I'm saying it should give us confidence. It's like, we, we shouldn't think this guy is just a brick wall. Yeah. Like, he's, largely let in weak goals and then the rest of them have basically been like i you know i could have stopped them well exactly and then the funny thing is that like you'd think that like <laughs> scoring those goals you you would think that like that would make them see that like oh we just have to get in his face mm. but it, they almost now start pulling their like shots a little being like oh we'll get the perfect shot because then it's a guarantee it, it's this weird thing like if the bad ones go in the good ones will for sure well, that's, go in. That's why I'm saying it should Drive give them a nuts. confidence boost, and they shouldn't do that because they shouldn't feel like they need to. But yeah. but they are doing that. Um, another thing, what was I going to say? Was um, yeah, again with the physicality. It's like it's there's an issue when guys the size of Tyler Johnson are confident just sitting in the slot. Like it just 
Yeah. Game after game, they just it's almost like they know they're not going to get pushed or hit. Like they just know it. So they just feel confident standing right in the in Chris's kitchen, not in front of the net because then our defense would give them a nudge, but just outside of it. Yeah, where like they're in that like no man's away. land where they just get passes from like the whoever's sitting below the goal line, which like every shift apparently they tend to have a guy that sits below the goal line that passes it to that slot position, and they get a great A chance against a goalie all the time. Like it's just yeah, it's brutal and it. It's frustrating because it, it's like easily defendable. Because like I, I'm thinking now of our series there during the year against uh, against Vancouver, where like we noticed Brock Besser doing that, yeah. and like we stopped it. Like yeah, we Brock just, Besser we put someone there. Brock Besser scored like three times in a row in like our there four was games. Oh, uh, it was more part. It was, it was more yeah. yeah. Um, and it was just it was a similar place, a bit more off to the side, yeah, and he was bumper, getting basically. he was getting a, he was getting passes from below the blue line from from below the goal line. Every time going in, and by game two, we figured it out, and it yeah. stopped. And it's just for some no, reason... No, it's, it's, it almost feels like complacency right now, being like, you know, this was a team that in the regular divisions, you know, it's been said a million times, we wouldn't have even made the playoffs. Um, this is eight, we're the 18th team in the league. We had a massive run, and now they got here, and they're like, well, you know, we've overachieved, mm-hmm. so let's kind of like rest on our laurels. Yeah. It's like, no, it's like you're in, you, you're here, for any, I, I hate the sentence they don't deserve to be here. It's like, like, it's like well, it that's exactly rounds. what getting through the playoffs means yeah. is you deserve to be there. If they, You know what wouldn't deserve to be there? If the Habs were then replaced. Let's say uh, Toronto went all the way through and they all got sick and they're like, oh, we'll just put Montreal in. Yeah. That's not deserving. It's, all, it's way too long of a stretch for it to all be luck. It's yeah, impossible. well, that's it. And now just like they're, they seem complacent. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing for us is one, we got to lock it down defensively, yeah. and then two, just play with like some pep in your step. Yeah. Like we have no jump. Like, like it's the Stanley Cup Finals. Guys. We, we that's the thing. It's like it, it's it's the opposite of what I was saying before in our uh, before game one was like I I just assumed that you know regular season we had those lulls where yeah. you know we didn't have any jump in our in our game, but I assumed that you know even though we're deep in the playoffs right now, all of our guys are tired. There is no chance this team isn't going to play hard when we're this far down the line. But I was wrong. Games one and two, a little bit better than two, but games one and three specifically, just absolute shit. And then after game two, I was like, all right, look, we're going home. Okay, yeah. The fans are going to rile us up, but probably our worst game. Yeah, honestly. honestly. Like, uh, In terms of, uh, yeah, it just effort-wise, just horrible. And yeah, it, it comes back to the same thing over and over. Is you just have to try harder. Yeah. There's no other way to put it. Out. I don't care how gassed you are. Tampa's played more games than you have. Yeah. So just like you know, have a coffee if you, if yeah. you need to, Honestly. and just go play 20 minutes of hockey. Yeah. Please. Stop coming with these little coffee cups. Like what is that? Like, get, yeah. like, get like a get a extra large coffee. Yeah. Shit yourself before the game, <laughs> and then play the hockey game. Like I what know. is this? Like, like. I find it hard to believe that, like, the average having I, I refuse to believe that these guys, like, are having an energy issue. Like, I, I really do because, like, yes, I, I'm aware, like, the fatigue sets in over, like, a condensed schedule and everything. But, like, one, these are the most pampered, like, athletes in the world in terms of, like, they're taken care of. I don't mean pampered in the negative sense. I mean, like, everything they do is monitored because this isn't a small hockey organization. The Montreal Canadiens are, like, the top of the top in terms of, like athletic technology nutrition and all these things like they, they take care of these guys very well there's no way these guys are tired i refuse to believe it. if if i can keep well, they're up tired my... but they're not more tired no, than exactly and that's what i'm saying but i'm saying if you and i can keep our nutrition and our like like energy levels 
at a certain level being like the average person and like being students they can do it too they have one thing on their mind the entire year it's play hockey yeah and so like, just do your job and, and i understand like they're they're beaten up from the playoffs yeah. it's been a long run but the point is is i'm saying the difference between the Habs and tampa should not look like this. Like no. their Tampa should be in a worse position. Yes, especially who they play. Especially with how not of a like we have not had a physical series yet. No. Like at all. Not very, very like they Vegas like, a little. They looked like regular season yeah, games. Vegas a little bit. Tampa Bay's been getting crushed series after series. Yeah. People actually hitting Kucherov. This is like a walk on the walk in the park yeah. for them right now. That's anyway. gonna be what I look for the most is I wanna see Kucherov I wanna see his jersey get snow on it. Me too. And and blood. It's almost, it, it almost looks like he's wearing like a no-hit penny. I know, honestly. It's it's crazy. Cause, and also with this guy's temper, he has no self-control. He'll draw penalties. Yeah. He'll take a penalty. In Sorry, a not draw. He'll take a penalty. Yeah. No, he'll I know he'll slash you after a big hit. He'll mouth off to the ref. All these things. Like, we have to take advantage of it. Because that's honestly the only kryptonite this guy has is his... Ability to control his emotions. Yeah, and the fact that he weighs as much as a large breed of, like, Labrador. <laughs> sad, sad. Gain weight. <laughs> On that note, he'd we'll be, a, he'd be unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, if he, if he gained, like, 15 pounds? Yeah, because yeah, he could lean on his stick. Anyway, um, before I start getting into the pathetic weight of hockey players, <laughs> <laughs> we'll let it go and uh, catch you guys in between the whistles of uh, Monday. Monday. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.